please pray with me as we come to do that. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word and help us now as we think about uh, the Christmas miracle uh, that you'll give us hearts and minds to believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know what the most watched movie in our household was this year? I'd like to say that it was an action movie, maybe a fantastic murder mystery, uh, but I have to confess it would be the Disney movie Encanto. It's the effect of having three daughters who love Disney. Uh, Maybe it was the same in your household. In that movie, the main character, Mirabelle, she sings a song called Waiting for a Miracle. Uh, The lyrics go like this. I can't move the mountains. I can't make the flowers bloom. I can't take another night up in my room waiting on a miracle. And then she sings a little bit more and then she says again, always waiting on a miracle. A miracle. Mirabelle wants to but for a miracle. And maybe this Christmas you're feeling a bit the same way. You'd love for things to change. You'd love a miracle. Well, on eBay, apparently, you can order Miracles Direct. How handy. I wonder if you'll have an eBay miracle under your tree tomorrow morning. But jokes aside, is it reasonable to believe in the Christmas miracle? Is it something that we should place our hope in? Uh, Many Australians, 60% according to research done by McCrindle, uh, still believe that miracles can or do happen. Do you believe in miracles? And how can we believe in the Christmas miracle? And that's what we're going to look at today. But before we look at the details of the Christmas miracle, it's actually going to be helpful for us to define what a miracle is. A Christmas miracle, according to uh, the Urban Dictionary, is a happy event that takes place around Christmas. And I think this is what most movies would call the Christmas miracle, the couple falling in love, uh, the the children who rediscover the magic of Christmas with that, that soppy happy ending. But that is actually not strictly a miracle. They might be extraordinary events, but they're not miraculous events. A person who gets struck by lightning seven times and survives is an extraordinary event, an extremely unlikely event, we might refer to it as a miracle. But that's not actually what we're talking about here this evening. A miracle as defined by Merriam-Webster is where there is divine intervention in human affairs, where the supernatural intervenes in our world and does something good. That's what we're calling miraculous. And that's what we see here at Christmas. Now, over the past few weeks at church, we've looked at how historically we can know that Jesus was indeed a real person. Uh, We've looked at how we can trust the historically reliable documents that are the Gospels that record the life of Jesus. And if you're interested in finding out more about those topics, those talks are on our website, or grab this book on your way out. Uh, It answers those questions. One of the interesting things that you'll find as you read through the Gospels is that they're all about how God intervenes in our world. They are filled with the miraculous, starting with the Christmas miracle. And so as we look at Luke chapter 1 tonight, we see that the divine intervenes, and it begins with God 
sending a divine messenger, the angel Gabriel, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. God is at work. God is sending an angel. See, a miracle relies on the supernatural. Science cannot prove that God exists. And some people will use that to say, well, well, science can't prove it. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe in God. I'm not going to believe in miracles. But at the same time, science can't prove that God doesn't exist. What we actually need to do is look back at the historical evidence that we have of Jesus and see where God has intervened in history. And here, God intervenes. He sends his messenger, Gabriel, And in verse 27, Gabriel comes to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now Mary, she's engaged, but she's a virgin. She's never known another man. It's not possible that she could be pregnant. And Gabriel says to her in verse 28, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Now Mary's troubled by the appearance of angels. Whenever angels rock up in the Bible, people are scared. And Mary's no different. And Gabriel continues, verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. It's the announcement of the impossible. A virgin is going to conceive and have a child. It's the announcement of a miraculous birth, God intervening in our world. And this is for our good. Uh, Like a parent might intervene when kids are fighting. They're intervening for their good, to to separate them. God intervenes in our world for our good. Or a a different analogy, think about two sports. Have you ever seen two sports teams that are just so highly charged that they, they start biffing each other? And the refs have to intervene and separate them. They're intervening for their good. Or maybe you've been in a meeting and two people have just clashed heads and it's just gone all out and the chairperson has had to to rein it back in. Intervening for the good. Well, so God's miracle, God's divine intervention is for our good. And we know it's for our good because of who this child will be. In verse 32, he will be great. He will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. This child is going to be God's son, the second person of the Trinity. But he is also going to be the long-awaited human king in the line of David who is going to rule forever. This is the king that God's people Israel have been waiting for. And this announcement is good news for us and our world. Because Jesus is the king that we need, the divine intervention that we need, the miracle that we need. And we do need a miracle. I think you would agree that our world needs something, someone to intervene. We live in a world that lacks peace with people who lack peace. You know, Christmas, as well as being a time of joy where we get to have time off and relax with family and friends, It also has a way of bringing out those family tensions that kind of lay dormant for the rest of the year. Wouldn't it be good if someone could just come and sort all those family politics out so there would be peace 
those living in Ukraine at the moment. I'm sure they're longing for someone to intervene, to bring peace. In Kananara, as we look around and we see the many social problems, we see people feeling lost and lonely and unsafe. Wouldn't it be good if someone could intervene? Maybe you're a bit like how Encanto star Mirabelle. There's a situation that you're stuck in. And you're just wanting a miracle. You're just wanting someone to intervene. Our world, we need a miracle. And the Bible tells us that we're in this situation of brokenness. A broken world and where we ourselves are broken because we have a broken relationship with God. Uh, To use a Bible word, it's because of sin. Uh, Sin in the Bible is not just about the bad things we do, but it's actually about our actions of rebellion towards God. And our rebellion puts us at odds with God. Imagine it like this. If you, were, you and God were in our parliament system, uh, in parliament you've got the, the government and you've got the opposition. And the role of the opposition is to try and bring down the government, to poke holes in the government's policy. Well, we are the opposition. We're trying to bring God down from his rightful rule because we want to rule ourselves. We want to take God's place. And the result of this sin is that God judges humanity and we're separated from him. We're out of relationship with him. And the consequence of our sin is that our our world is broken and we are broken. And there's nothing we can do to fix it, God tells us. We need a miracle. We need not just an extraordinary event, but a miracle where the divine intervenes. And so God does intervene, and he promises his king, born to a virgin. Now, the question for inquisitive minds is this. How on earth is this going to come about, a virgin birth? How does the miraculous work? It's the very question that Mary asked. She says, how will this be, since I am a virgin? She realized that God has said something that just doesn't make human sense. And so she asks, how? And at this point, as she asks how, it's not a question of disbelief, but it's one of humble curiosity. Like if a financial advisor tells you you can double your returns on an investment, you might be like, how? And you ask with eagerness. Well, Mary asks how, and God gives her an answer through the angel. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, that might sound a bit far-fetched. And if we're looking at it from a human perspective and thinking about it in terms of only what humans can do, well, you'd be right. But when we consider that we're talking about God making it happen, well, that's less far-fetched because God is infinitely powerful. What God can do doesn't even compare to what we can do. Uh, We were out Christmas light looking the other night and the lights were fantastic. Uh, Lots of people put an amazing amount of time and effort into making their houses shine. But while we were looking at these lights, off in the distance was another light storm, a lightning storm. And if you were to compare a lightning storm to a Christmas light, they just don't compare. 
Uh, so I, I have some Christmas lights here. Uh, one of these little lights takes about five watts of energy, according to my internet uh, research. That's like next to nothing. A lightning bolt could power 56 homes for an entire day. A lightning bolt lights up the whole sky. I wouldn't want to be stuck out in the dark with just one of these. It's not going to help me go anywhere. It's not going to shine much light. I can touch this Christmas light without any fear. I'm not worried that I'm about to get electrocuted by touching this light. At the worst, I might get a little zap. But if I get hit by a lightning bolt, I'm going to get fried. See, God is infinitely powerful. And comparing us to God is like comparing a Christmas light to lightning. They just don't compare. God, who created the universe, who created life, who can do what he says, is going to make the Virgin Mary have a baby who is God's son. Of course he can do that. And in fact, if Jesus had just been conceived in the normal way, he would not have been God's son. And if Jesus was not God's son, he would just be another human like you or me. And if he was just another human like you or me, well, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did when he died on the cross. Because when he died on the cross, he died to take our sins away and only the Son of God could do that. He wouldn't have been able to pay the punishment for our sin and make it so that our sin could be forgiven and we could be brought back into relationship with God. Jesus did the very thing that we couldn't do. He was born of a virgin. He is the Son of God. Jesus is the one that heals the brokenness between us and God so that we're no longer the opposition, but we're on God's side. Jesus brings us peace with God. God intervening in our world for our good, a Christmas miracle. And Mary, Mary's humbled in verse 38. She recognises that God is doing something great and that God has chosen her to be smack bang in the middle of those plans. And from this moment, she lives in expectation. Expectation of what Jesus will do and expectation of what Jesus will bring. Now tonight, if we want to benefit from God's miracle, God's intervention of sending his son into the world, if we want the peace that he brings, we have to be like Mary and humble ourselves before God's King Jesus. We not only have to recognise that he's God's son, but we also have to live for him as God's king. Our question tonight is, how can we believe in a Christmas miracle? I want to sharpen that a little bit and ask, will you believe in the Christmas miracle? Mirabelle sings, waiting for a miracle. Mary also sings a song. It's recorded for us in Luke chapter 1. But Mary's song is so very different from Mirabelle's because Mirabelle's waiting for a miracle as Mary sings knowing that she has witnessed a miracle, that she's at the very centre of a miracle, that she's carrying the miracle. And she sings, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. She has hope. She has peace. She recognises that God's intervention is for our good. Now that doesn't mean her life's going to be easy sailing. God's favour on her 
and her carrying the baby Jesus meant that she would have been seen by many to be living in sin. She still had to travel to Bethlehem while being very, very pregnant. When Jesus was born, they had to flee to Egypt for their lives. And at some point after Jesus was 12, her husband Joseph passed away. Her life was still hard, but she had a peace, the peace that Jesus brings, the peace of knowing that we're forgiven by God, It's a peace that we're told in the Bible that transcends understanding. It's a peace that will help us to navigate our world. And God promises that this King Jesus, he's going to come again. He's going to come one more time and intervene in history again to bring lasting peace to our world. A world where there is no brokenness, there is no hurting or pain or tears. And to experience that peace, God expects us to humble ourselves before his king and wait in expectation, just like Mary. Now, here's another question for you. If you could pay for a Christmas miracle, if you could buy one off eBay and they delivered it directly, how much would you pay for the miracle of lasting peace? Would you pay $10? Would you pay $100? $1,000? A million dollars? Would you sell everything you have to get this miracle? Well, God, this Christmas, is offering it to you for free. He wants you to know the joy of the Christmas miracle, the joy of being in relationship with him, that peace He wants you after Christmas lunch tomorrow not only to to feel the joy of being able to eat lots and lots of good food, which lasts only for a moment. He wants you to know the lasting joy that Jesus brings. The Christmas miracle is God's free gift to us. And so the Christmas miracle is not just an extraordinary event that we can explain away. It's an actual miracle. The divine creator of the world entered our world. Jesus is God's son, God's king. This is the Christmas miracle. Will you believe it? Will you humble yourself before God's king?